Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we are looking at Season 2, Episode 6, The Botched Language of Cranes, in which Frasier gets into hot or rather cold water when he attacks Seattle's rainy climate and its population live on air. So in this episode, Key, there's a very brief moment where we see Niles trying to install a DVD player. I want to ask you, how are you with tech-related things? When your family, you know, maybe they need a DVD player installed in your own household, maybe the router's broken, someone needs to fix that. How are you on a scale of Roz to Niles with uh, with fixing techie things? Dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. I'm, I'm worse than Niles. Really? I, uh, that is bad. My, obviously, during lockdown, working from home and all that, my Wi-Fi went down one day for about 15 minutes. And um, I was, Shannon gone to the shops and I was like calling and going, Wi-Fi's down, what do I do? What do I do? I need to fix <laughs> running it. around the house. Um, it just doesn't work for me. It does not work at all. In the end, it, it just fixed itself. Thank God, wow. but um, I'm dreadful. Like I don't, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying because I've got a um, cast as well on the Google Chromecast. Oh, yeah, Chromecast. Yeah, yeah, I think I had one of them briefly for about a day and couldn't get it to work, so I returned it. <laughs> I can't get them to work. I can't set it up. <laughs> are, like it just doesn't even pick up the fact that there's a Wi-Fi when I'm around. If someone else walks in the room, it starts working. It's just me. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not entirely certain what they're meant to do. They're a little bit of this kind of strange thing where it just kind of sits on its own. I remember the cable be for it being like about 15 centimeters long. It was so short. I was just, I just didn't understand what this appliance is for um, you need to plan your room around the chromecast <laughs> it is it's its room now it owns the house once you buy that thing <laughs> yeah i asked this because i'm me and my brother my brother primarily but i am also kind of the the person that my family rely on for tech related things so if my nan and granddad down the road need something installing or as they did recently they lent on a button that locked channel four on their tv <laughs> not any other channel just channel four and required a passcode every time they wanted to view you know a property program um, um, I am, you know, the person who gets called upon to do that. We recently got a new router and I had to install that and it was quite frustrating. But yeah, just just generally, I think I wish I was like Niles so that I wouldn't have to do it. In fact, I'm doing, I'm kind of sorting out a website. It's a complete side tangent. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm sorting out a website for something I'm doing at uni. And there's so much IT jargon I've had to bust over the last few days. And I've been emailing so many people and like, I'm in contact with this IT company. So that's how it goes sometimes. You've got to, uh, you've got to contact these people. You know, it, it depends on just how bad the other people are because my grandparents um, are that bad with technology even I get called upon <laughs> despite how bad I am like, I remember once going around to, my cousin came over uh, to my grandparents while I was there mm-hmm. and she asked my um, granddad if they had what the Wi-Fi password was <laughs> and no word of a lie my very Irish granddad went Wiffy? What's Wiffy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you God. didn't even know the house had it <laughs> didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have any idea what it was it doesn't exist in his house so. <laughs> oh he, did, he didn't even have any. He oh, didn't no. have broadband at all. Oh, okay. I thought he might have it and just didn't realise what it was. But, you know, he didn't have it at all. Genuinely, we, my, my grandparents have now moved back to Ireland. And in order to contact them, we have to call my aunt who lives down the road. Oh who God. then goes around to the house <laughs> in order to pass on the message. There's something beautifully archaic about that. I imagine you're having to schedule for them to be like at a certain payphone in Ireland at the certain times you can call them. Um, if you want to call them, set time of day you work all out <laughs> my, uh, my grandparents haven't had Wi-Fi that long. They've probably had it for about three or four years now, but them getting it was a big boon. So like when all of lockdown happened, they could join the little Zoom quizzes we were doing and things like that. So that was, that was nice, but uh, it can be a curse as much as 
a blessing, I think, installing tech things. On that note, Kay, are you ready to tuck yourself in a trivia corner this week? I am indeed. Excellent. Well, we've been sent in some questions by our resident quiz masters, Corey and Hamish, and indeed a question from Anna as well, um, who's getting pretty regular at submitting as well. I'll ask you Hamish's first, Kay, and then you can ask me. Um, in fact, no, actually, you ask me yours for me, then I'll ask Hamish's, and then you can read Corey's out for me, and then we've got a nice staggered approach going on. Okay. Um, so, question number one of Lying my questions. Me. What is the name of the person that Maris meets and chases down at the function? Oh, I do love, well, I love that scene and also have a few kind of comments on how bizarre it is. Um, I don't think I've made a jot, I don't think I've jotted the name down, but I have a feeling it might be Lydia Beaumont. Exactly right, yeah. Yes, this scene always sticks with me and just the way Niles is doing his commentary, I think that's the kind of name that sticks, I think. Okay, uh, second question. Let's go. When getting complaints, what does Roz suggest they try flushing down the toilet? I do know this one. I think it's a German Shepherd. It is indeed. Why don't you try? Are you a fan of German Shepherds, Kay, as a breed? Oh, quite. Yeah, they seem all right. I don't know any personally, but they seem all right. They they do seem all right. But then also, I just think, you know, they were a pretty powerful war dog. (laughs) And I just think, you know, they can turn on you in the drop of a hat. So, you know, you've got to tread lightly around the outstations, I think. Okay, well, your chance for a clean sweep. Oh, why have you got to put the uh, the jinx on it, man? (laughs) Why are you going to do this? How much did Fraser pay for the table at the function? Oh my god, Key, I think I might know it. I have oh, a well. feeling in the apartment, Roz mentions how much he owes, and I have a, is it $800? It's $800! Yeah, there it is! Grand Slam, man, that is a collector's item for those listening. A, a will Grand Slam. You got one last week, Key, so maybe something's in the air. In fact, a lot of people commented on your Grand Slam. Um, I think they've set out to, to attack it. But so it in, falls in, apart this week. <laughs> if that is the case, Corey's may have been intended for you, but because of the way we've had to stagger the questions, you don't get, you know, well, it could it could have been either way. You could have had six, I could have had six. So they might have been intended, they might be really hard, and now I'm going to suffer the uh, the consequences of that. But uh, but I will read, I'll read Hamish's out. So here we go. Question numero uno from Cam Winston. What is the name of the caller that works in pest control, and how long has she been working there? Oh, okay. I do think I know this, because I thought I recognised the... Um, the voice of the the actress i i had a look and it was it was not the person i thought it was but okay but do tell me who you thought it was later i'm interested okay either way i think her name is edna it is and i think she's been working there for 15 years absolutely correct key well played 15 years is a long time to kill rats and, and bugs and things but you know there's a whole kind of world bugs, of... are they? <laughs> have you seen any drabbits there's, there's a whole world of vermin out there <laughs> okay question two when niles is trying to get the tv to go i think he just means yeah try and get the TV working or the, the DVD player installed. I don't actually know what's broken. Um, Daphne offers to help. He says to, he says to her that she might break a nail if she does or snag a... A snag a cuticle? It is indeed a cuticle. Very good. Okay, there's two out of three. Ooh. How can you... In fact, I'm not going to say this because you have got to get all four right here. You've got to get Anna's as well for a grand slam. Oh God. I'm wiping <laughs> the goalposts for you. Okay, so let's see if you can get three out of four. In the end credits, when Fraser is writing the check, how many waiters are working in the background oh this is tough oh i don't think i even know this is tough it's gonna be a complete shot in the dark and i don't know at all um you can do it man believe three oh, okay 
<laughs> the answer I have got here is three with a fourth that walks through the shot. So I take am taking three. three. That is absolutely <laughs> excellent, Key Wildflies. What a yes. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, fact, sorry. I tell a lie, actually. We do have a, a fifth question from Nile. I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to say, I tell a lie. It was actually. <laughs> no, you got the right one right. Niall Marsh, who has uh, been listening and commenting recently, he has also sent in a question. I'm uh, very sorry, Niall, that I forgot yours have been submitted, but don't worry, it will get asked. So, Key, you've got five questions to get through here <laughs> to, get, uh, to get a Grand Slam. Okay, here okay. we go. This, I love this question, Key, and it's hard as fuck. So, here we go. <laughs> what are the colours of the three umbrellas that Frasier destroys during the episode. Oh, he destroys God. three umbrellas. One right at the beginning. There's three different colours. Yeah, one right at the beginning. I think one in the corridor of KACL, and then I think maybe one at home. I can't quite remember, though. Don't take my word on that, but he does destroy three. Okay. Um, I'm thinking... Remember the one at the start? I feel like a pale yellow sort of colour, maybe? I don't have pale yellow written down oh, here. Well. <laughs> Why don't you take a stab at the other two? We can see. Okay, I'm gonna. I mean, I've no idea. So one of them, I'm gonna say black because. Okay. I'm a black umbrella. Yeah. That's gotta be surely. Um, okay. The other, I'm gonna say blue because it's like black, and you have black umbrellas. <laughs> The three I've got written down here, Key, do not shoot the messenger, is green, blue, and red. Oh. Um, I do remember a very brightly coloured red one, but I can't remember where I saw it. Um, that is a hard question, Key. Don't beat yourself up on that one. We, we know the visual ones are Key's kryptonite, <laughs> as is much discussed. Okay, here we go. From Niall Marsh, Frazier says, what flower is the, is the state flower of Washington? In, uh, of course, it's wrong. So what's the actual flower of Washington state? That's really hard. So if you can get the first one, you get the point. But if you can take a stab at the second, give it a whirl. I have a feeling I might know what he says it is. I don't. I have no idea what it actually is. No. Oh, he might even be talking about. Does it? I feel like he's. I have a very, very. I don't know why. Distinct vision in my mind of of him saying the word mildew in only a way. <laughs> Kelsey can. So is it, mm -hmm. is it mildew? It absolutely is, yes. Which, of course, is not a flower at all. It's a fungus that like blights plants. But, uh, yeah, do you want to take a, just a stab at what you think the, the Washington State flower might be? Yes, like, I feel like in England, we don't have flowers for regions. I'm pretty sure <laughs> we, we don't. the thistle for Scotland and the oh, yeah, rose for England. But, yeah, um, we don't really have, um, like, yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe counties do have them. That's something we're very ignorant of. I don't know. It's the kind of thing we do. Kind of very little England mentality. Fairness. You used to work in a garden centre, so it's something you should don't know. Even I, I don't know this. I worked in the cash office, okay? As far <laughs> away from the plants as you can get. Um, I've got no... I'm going to say dandelion. Dandelion. That would be a very, very nice, pleasant one, Key, <laughs> although I believe they are a weed. <laughs> um, the actual flower is the coastal or Pacific rhododendron. Obviously, a rhododendron is quite a common quite a common flower in, uh, in English gardens, but the coastal or Pacific variety, maybe we don't see those as often. So thank you, Niall. Excellent question there um, and we've learned a little, little something as well thank you anna and hamish as well it's key do you want to lay mischief nights on me to close out trivia corner this week okay let's do it just got the the questions because they're all blanked out on on reddit so you have to obviously click the black bit and it will reveal the answer for you um, I have, however, the uh, the first question is actually one we've already had. Oh, bugger, what um, one was it? Uh, what is the progression of colours for Fraser's umbrellas? Oh, so that, the fact that two people have asked that question is incredible because it's a really niche and interesting question. So all I can say is I'm sorry we couldn't read both out, but you know, fair play for both of thinking of an excellent question. Okay, so we'll go straight to Mischief Knight's second question. 
let's, let's so, do it. what activities did Frazier perform the last time St. Bartholomew's asked him to host? Oh, man. This this should be a really obvious one. I've completely forgot. I feel like he sang something, maybe. Um, oh, goodness me. I Honestly, I really don't know. I'm, I'm, it's not enough to give me the answer, even if it's even if it's correct, but I'm just going to say he sang something, so I've got something to say. I'll give you a little clue. It's not sang. Um, okay. I'll give you a clue. It, it's things you would do to prepare for a big... Not necessarily something you would do on the night, but you would prepare in anticipation. Before giving a speech? Yeah. Oh, uh, he rented a tux, an Armani yeah. tux, was it? He bought it, but yeah. He bought an Armani suit tux. Um, he, obviously, he was replaced by Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, I can't think of all the other things he did. Maybe he invited friends and family. Uh, you're going to have to tell me, Key. I'm going to be here okay, forever. So you got one of the three. Um, he bought an Armani tux. He worked for a week on his speech, and he postponed a trip to see Frederick. Oh. Man, I should have got those. I really should have got those. Excellent question, that is. Okay, and the final question. Okay, let's go. Martin thinks that what four things are like a woman? Oh, man. Oh, I've even made notes of this section because of, like, I found Martin's comment kind of very of of his generation. And, you know, it's a bit misogynistic. Then Fraser calls him out on it. Oh, God, man. I can't even remember a single one. <laughs> Something's like a, like a woman. Oh, you were doing so well about 15 minutes ago. Honestly, what happened, man? Something, something's happened. I just... Oh, man. You, if you're going to have to tell me, unless you're feeling generous and you can give me a very obscure clue to maybe trigger my brain. I think I'm really going to struggle to give a clue. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, then. Lay them off. Four, four things are all fairly different. Okay, something about um, a car, maybe. Yeah, a car is one. Oh, a, a fast car. car. A fast car is like a woman. Um, uh, nah, I've got, I've got nothing, <laughs> mate. But the four things, a fast car, mm -hmm. romantic song, meatloaf, and meatloaf. a city. A city, a city. That's the obvious one, because he opens <laughs> yeah. that with that. Meatloaf is <laughs> a bit of a head-scratcher. I've never had meatloaf, or nor am I a fan of the, the musician. Um, but a very... well, You don't like the musician? He's just well, a I like little the bit, I don't know, mate. It's a little bit uh, dad rock, which is nothing wrong with dad rock. <laughs> However, there is a video of him trying to perform I Do Anything For Love, and he's absolutely paralytic with, with alcohol. You know, he's so drunk. So ever since seeing that and him just being a general arse on stage, I just thought, you know what? He's not the nicest guy in the world, is meatloaf. Um, but he does play a good role in Fight Club. So there you go. Um, but thank you everyone who wrote in questions this week. And sorry about the, the conflicts as well. We try to fish them out, but sometimes it's hard because you end up seeing answers and it spores the question anyway. Um, so we'll just have to continue doing what we're doing if that happens. But Key, I think you got you got pretty close to a grand slam, didn't you? I think you got about three out of the, the six. I think three, six, yeah, about 50 to 60%. So. <laughs> okay, well, you got a half grand slam, mate. You know, a, a semi slam. It's not too bad. It's not too bad going. I was on, you know, on the road to victory until something terrible happens. So let's just get on with the review. I have not made a note this week, Key, and I'm devastated of the animation. Can you tell me what it is? And please oh, you... confirm it's the storm one. Yeah, genuinely, I was really surprised. I think I don't know if this is the first time we've seen this one, but it was a big moment for me. I was like, wow, that's new. Yeah, there's a cloud and there's rain coming from the cloud. There we go. It's not the one where a lightning bolt also strikes, is it? And the screen flashes. Was it just the rain cloud? I think it was just the rain yeah, cloud. I think, because... I think the lightning bolt's a different one, actually. Um, I was going to say, the Obviously, the uh, the scene opens with Frasier and the umbrella. And I thought, oh, that works really well because of rain. exactly. I think I'm always thinking of this episode when I put forward my half baked theory that maybe there's something in the 
themes and plot to the episode and the animation they use but beyond this episode and the christmas ones obviously i struggle to to see any parallels but there you go so probably my favorite animation actually and i did mention last week i enjoy a lot of this episode because there's a lot of rain talk fraser's hair as he enters kacl absolutely insane as always this is a bit of a running joke between me and kind of steve and hamish who both listen to the show obviously and Quizmaster hamish fraser's hair in seasons one and two is just unspeakably crazy and in this particular scene where he's a bit bedraggled and windswept it's just taking on a life of its own as he is wrestling with his bumba shoot in, uh, in ross's room he mentions here polynesian umbrellas those little things you put in like cocktail glasses are you someone key who's kind of if you're out and you're having a cocktail and it came with stuff like that you know you're with your, your guy friends would you be insecure about your masculinity and want to take those out or would you just be drinking that pina colada beaches and all let's be absolutely clear i'm not masculine enough to be able to be insecure about my masculinity <laughs> i don't have enough masculinity to do it um but i do I, i'm not a big fan of those umbrellas. i just feel they get in the way oh, i agree with you actually i think they're a little bit gimmicky and just a waste of, of resources i feel like i, I want to keep them and maybe use them in some kind of miniature set i might one day design <laughs> of course that will never happen but um yeah i'm with you just have a vision of you in a pub just going around grabbing every little umbrella <laughs> running out the door just putting them into like a little brief saying don't worry they're part of my uh, part of my hobbies and we'll <laughs> um i love this line delivery from Roz where she's kind of moaning about the people at the hospital like i want a magazine i want a kidney like just typical of Roz having absolutely zero empathy here i think it's a really nice back and forth with her and her and fraser as he's saying what he doesn't want to do this uh this hospital talk at st bartholomew's because of yeah, I, last time he got replaced by kathy lee gifford i think this is a really i think this is for me this is the first episode Roz really comes into her own and big time it's a strong Roz episode in a way i think probably by far more screen time than any previous episode. I mean, in terms of like percentage of, you know, say 23 minutes an episode, how many minutes she's actually on screen for. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see that as a percentage going forward because I feel like this, as a, she's in it a lot, lot more than it, any yeah, previous it episode. It is sizably kind of noticeable compared to previous episodes that she's she's in this a lot more. Um, something I actually, I've made a note of much later on in the episode, I think. So yeah, spot on there. I completely agree, She kind of comes into her own a little bit. The, the next exchange here is when Rob is reading out all the different engagements that want Frasier's kind of patronage and for him to host and stuff. And she mentions Miss Teenage Seattle, which Frasier's eagerness to do is alarming to me. There's a very funny line where he says a scholarship is involved, which is hilarious. And I love the delivery of that line. However, we're forgetting here, you know, teenage is a long age bracket. It goes from 13 to 19. And did this line kind of reading it now, just hearing it now rather, just kind of strike strike you as maybe a little bit just a bit much yeah it's a bit creepy I thought the joke would have aged better if it was like a Miss Seattle pageant or something like that the fact that they specify yeah. teenage it's just a bit oh. very true actually that didn't even dawn on me but Miss Seattle would have been completely fair game and then you think oh Frasier classic horny Frasier but now it's like classic horny Frasier with teenagers involved it's a little bit yeah. it's a little bit much um, his, you know he's so willing to do it but you know we're not we're not here to accuse Frasier of unspeakable things but uh, it's 
it's it, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird, and I'd be interested to see if people picked up on that when they were listening to this. Amazing timing, generally, this episode because uh, obviously Key's back from his camping holiday, which he's just off air been telling me was eventful <laughs> to say the least. And by eventful, I mean sleeping in a tent in seventy-five mile per hour winds and a car battery going flat. But Key, I, I assume it has where you are, but it's rained all day where I am in the UK, or at least from like two p.m. onwards, and it's only just stopped. So this episode's kind of fallen on a, a very typical British weather day, I think. Yeah, I mean, right now, looking out my window, it looks very bleak outside. Yeah. I don't know if it's raining or not, but it is bleak. <laughs> it's it is grey. It's grey out there, for sure. I was going to say, the advertising in this episode <laughs> goes so, so well with the weather. I know, it? I know. I was literally about to read the <laughs> the way Kelsey says, if you have lost or are planning to planning lose. To lose. <laughs> that is so unsettling. Like, just insidious. What What is being implied there that, that you euthanize pets or maybe a, a pet is dying is that what we're meant to think here because this takes on like a real a real dark edge when he reads out this line how did you sort of picture this working logistically i feel like and obviously you can understand with the advertising i think they're obviously getting on a very old ill pet but kelsey does make it sound so <laughs> i just had a vision of a guy listening to this in his car on the radio <laughs> and just turning to his dog in the side and going, <laughs> Or are planning to lose. Just him looking at a dog that's maybe been a little bit wayward, been a bit aggressive, and he's been thinking of a reason to get rid of him. And then he hears this, like a voice from God on the radio, offering him an out. It's a it's a hilarious moment. Um, if so I, I think, sorry, you go, you go. Because I think you can really tell how much writers had fun with this particular gag because we get two adverts within about. If it was actually on the radio, we get two adverts in about twenty five seconds for Pet Honest, That's exactly what my next point was. I love the gag. But do you think it kind of suspends disbelief a little bit that they have the that, it, that he literally comes out of the, the advert for like 25 seconds to speak to Edna and then he goes straight back to the gag? I mean, we never see this really again on the show. Advertising's not that kind of pervasive on KACL, or at least it's not the side we see. So I don't know. Do you think it's a little bit gratuitous that they kind of have the adverts so close? It's just because they want to squeeze the jokes in, I guess. Yeah, I feel that they've come up with really two really funny jokes. They can't decide which to put in. I've said, okay, well, we'll do both. Um, and I just wonder, maybe it would have been a better... Because obviously we have a little bit in case KACL later on when he you know, obviously goes into a bit of a rant and doesn't realise he's still on air. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it would have been better to try and put it in there somehow, maybe try and work it just so there's a bit more of a gap and you've still got that consistency of the of the sponsor. Because I think it's still, though, the second one, you know, when a shoebox isn't enough. <laughs> That's a great line. Incredibly funny. I, I, was, I, mean, I completely agree with you, actually. And it would have been great to see him in that second KACL segment when he's really roiled up and aggressive. It'd be great to see him have to give the advert. And, like, obviously they could have made it even more like, violent and aggressive because, obviously, he's in such a bad mood and he wants to get off air, but he's still got to do the advert. I think there could have been some real kind of comedic possibilities opened up there. Um, yeah, I'd, as you said, I'd really have liked to have seen that, that second KACL scene. I'd have liked to have actually seen it open with the um with the pet paradise advert and then obviously mm-hmm. you get that very angry woman who calls up i'd, lo- I'd love to have met her made a joke about burying fraser's career or something like that that would have been good um, like you're gonna need i'm gonna need more than a shoebox to take care of you or something like that that'd i'd have liked to have said a joke like that but that, that'd be great. 
right. Back in K back in Fraser's apartment, I should say. Lovely sound of the rain pitter pattering upon the uh, the windows of the balcony. I, I mean, I've probably said this before on the podcast, but I, I listen to rain every night. I think I have said this. I have a podcast. I have an app on my phone, and I listen to the sound of rain and storms or whatever, literally on my pillow all night for like nine hours, eight hours, whatever I sleep for. And sometimes the app breaks, and if it goes off, I wake up instantly. Like it is like someone putting an air horn to my ear. The silence wakes me up. It's a little bit terrifying. But also, I listen to Raymond on working as well. So I spent most of today working from home. Um, and there's a great YouTube video that I've recently been using. And it's literally cafe, coffee shop ambience, a little bit like the one I play in the background of this of this podcast, coupled with some soft jazz music and the sound of rain on the windows. And honestly, when you're in an empty house on your own, you put that on and it's it's remarkably cozy. Where do you stand on rain sounds, Kay? I really like rain sounds, actually. I do. I love the Perhaps sound. In an obsessive way, like I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like any sound at all when I'm working. I'm really like complete silence. Yeah. Wow. I was talking to um, people about this the other day. Actually, was polling them. So that's interesting. Uh, genuinely, like, sometimes because I, I, I'm one of those people. I have a constant internal monologue. There's always something in my head. That's oh, I do actually. To be fair, um, and sometimes I genuinely don't because I'm talking to myself in my head. I don't realise how quiet it is, and I will just look and go, oh, "It's quiet in here, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> because I realise I've been in silence for two hours. Um, but I do love the sound of the rain outside. There's nothing cosier than being in bed oh. and just hearing rain outside. Exactly, and I get that every night now with this little app. That's why it kind of became a thing. But I am so conditioned now because I listen to that every night. You know, basically eight hours of my day are soundtracked by that. And when I'm awake now, I'm, I'm listening to it and I work. I often put it on when I'm reading as well, especially if I'm reading in like, the living room and I want to be with people. You know, with my parents watching TV and I want to sit with them. I'll put headphones on so I can read, but you know I don't have to listen to the TV because I cannot read or work if there's a voice, if there's lyrics in a song or anything like that. I can't work. So I'm conditioned, I think, now to constantly have background noise. Silence to me is extremely, not unnerving, but it's weird to me now. I'm someone who's basically phased silence out of my life. Um, so I'd be very interested to listen uh, to hear from people listening where you stand on silence versus background noise. Um, and if any of you indeed use it to work or to fall asleep to, it would be very interesting. Okay, so I've said I love the sound of the rain on the windows. I don't love the sound of Daphne's voice in the way she delivers this next line. Well, it's not the next line, but one of the one of the lines in this scene. When she says, I don't know if I'm going to have kids, just let me dress up the dog. The way she says, just let me dress up the dog. Look, the way things are going, I don't think I'm going to have children. Just let me dress up the dog. Is probably in my top 10 least favourite deliveries of any line in Frasier. I don't know if this grates you as well. It just, it's so drawn out and hammed up. And I just, it really irks them for me in many ways. So maybe I'm being harsh. I completely, I made a note. I couldn't work out what's wrong with it, but you can tell something is wrong. It's really uncanny, like, isn't it? Maybe her accent slipped and that's what I'm picking up on. Maybe it, it's just, it is a really weird delivery of that line. And it's, I just, I can't really wrap my head around it. It's it's a weird one. Um, probably best left to uh to from the review to be honest. I don't want to spend any more time. I might play a little recording of it actually, just to annoy people listening. But there we go. Uh, there's someone special back in this next scene, Key, when Martin's reading the paper. Do you want to tell us who that is? A Derek Mann. Derek Mann is back, of course. It's been a, basically a full year almost, or it's a full season. So I don't know if that equates to a year chronologically. I, I'm not certain of when they aired, but you know. I Hate Fraser Crane was what? Episode four of season one? How mad is it to think 
it was that we we were a full season ahead of that now, or even beyond that. Um, and how, Derek Mann just feels like it was yesterday to me. And I really, really, I'm one of those people I really like when you get a little throwback to some to an earlier episode that you could easily miss if you weren't paying attention. I feel like it's a little reward that you've kept. Oh, watching. that's <laughs> a really lovely way of putting it. Actually, a little reward it is it's like a little consistency nugget that you you hear and you think, oh man, you know they really. Are really paying attention here. In fact, consistency-wise, someone put a photo up on Fraser Fan Club the other day, and in the episode Croc Tales, which is right at the end of season eleven, which is an episode where there's loads of flashback scenes and like what could have been and things like that, mainly flashbacks. They flash back to Fraser's apartment at one point, and they replace the the I can't remember what you how you pronounce it, the chaluli or something, the bowl, the weird wrinkled bowl that's really expensive that he keeps right by the coat hook. That in seasons one and two or however long it may be is this weird stone frog face and they went back and replaced it for the flashback so it's just you know things like that they don't have to do really nice little consistency there but i completely agree with you Kia. i think a little reward is a nice way of uh of thinking about it we have martin's bit now where he starts comparing everything to, to like a woman which is as i said earlier slightly misogynistic advice which obviously daphne takes umbrage with and indeed fraser does you know to you everything is like a woman but we also hear martin say people take a lot of pride in this town i want to ask you key do you take pride in your hometown which is of course my hometown do you do you take pride in birmingham or are you a bit take it or leave it i genuinely take so much pride in birmingham oh i, I love to hear that i didn't think you would um, I'm one of those people, because for people who aren't from the UK, Birmingham tends to be the city that everyone takes the mick out of. Oh, massively. People take the mick out of our accents. They take the mick out of what it's like. Everything about Birmingham... People take the mic out it's of the butt of a big lot, load of jokes now. Even even the BBC recently tweeted, and this is going to turn into a rant. But they oh, recently yeah, they tweeted, did, man. That was really like, um, Birmingham once bid for the 1992 Olympics. <laughs> Birmingham. I'm like, I know oh, the tweet was literally no. worded like that. The arrogance. We're the second. We're the second biggest city. Okay, we we're the best city. I, <laughs> I love Birmingham. Genuinely, I don't. It's just it's an amazing place. It's full of oh, great people. I completely agree. I I with our football club is here and. A lot of our memories of the town, of the town. It's a city, but obviously we, we really say town. It's, it's associated with that. There's a lot of great places, you know, in the city centre. If you want to go shopping, you know, the ball ring is pretty state of the art still, really. Um, yeah, and pretty nifty. There's so much history about Birmingham. Of course, the Villa um, found, you know, professional football in this country in the Football League. Um, you've got obviously J- uh, Tolkien. You know. Of grew course. up in Birmingham and inspired Lord of the Rings. You know, we've got more canals than Venice. We've got more parks we, than Paris. Do <laughs> I mean, people aren't going to know that stat. It's a meme for people from Birmingham because we say it to everyone who's not from here. But Americans, we have in Birmingham more canals than Venice. And you can you can take that fact to the bank and you can cash that baby. So I love to hear that, Key. I take a lot of pride in Birmingham as well, particularly in my accent. I love having a Brummie accent because when I hear this accent, I feel just a massive sense of kind of collegiate community it's someone like oh they're from they're from around these neck of the woods you know you immediately feel a kinship with that person which i don't feel when i hear like you know just a run-of-the-mill bbc you know correspondent whenever i travel anywhere which isn't often i make it sound like i'm a jet setter i come home and i hear that voice and i'm just like man it's good to be back so yeah i I take a lot of pride in Birmingham as well okay so glad we're on the same page about that um that said if someone said to me that 
Birmingham was a rainy, dreary place. That would not insult me to the stage where I want to boycott a, a pet cemetery place. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to ask you later, actually, about if you've ever been compelled uh, to complain about something along those lines. I'm jumping the good a little bit, but hold <laughs> that thought because well, I'm going to get to that any second. We have the lightning strike that was missing from the titles that uh, I was kind of speculating about, but of course he looks out the window at this point and there is a ball of lightning. Very, not that common in Frasier, so quite novel when they appear. I think there was one in Midwinter's Night's Dream. I'm trying to think of others, but again, I don't think there's that many. For some reason, I've got in my head one with Baby around. That Maybe that's because she gives off a bit of a devil, has just, <laughs> worshipped, has just summoned her vibe. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, the city loves Frasier Crane. Bam, lightning. Roz in KACL, fielding complaints, excellently holding her own here. And just, again, testament to what we said earlier, Roz is given some more screen time, given some more room to just play around with her character in this episode and everything comes up trumps. In fact, all of my favourite lines from this episode are, are Roz's. I, I can say that now. There's some great all-round all stuff from Niles, Martin, Frasier. I will say Daphne has very little in this episode. Very, very little. Yeah, but, and yeah. I think what she does have isn't great. No. The, <laughs> you know, the, I think we said about the delivery. Anyway, that's all I remember of her in this episode. It just tainted with the, just let me dress up the dog. It's why she says, <laughs> Oh god, I can't, I can't handle that. But that is that is where we're we're at with uh, with Daphne. Bulldog is excellent at this point as well. It again feels a, like a while since we've seen him, but it, it probably hasn't been. It's just the way that he's so sporadic, the way they use Bulldog. You know, he says, "Dark, I've been feeling a little under the weather. You know, should I take vitamin C or should I just leave Seattle?" And just, <laughs> his laugh is hilarious. The way he kind of whacks Frazier is hilarious. Just really, really love Bulldog and, and Raz in these scenes here. Yeah, and I think he's genuinely. He's very playful, I think, with Frasier in this scene. I know he's yeah. taking the mick, but he's taking the mick in a way a friend takes the mick. A bit like how he did with um, the episode where the book comes out, you know, when he's about, you know, is it Concerto, Young oh, Maestro? Geez. Oh, uh, <laughs> Slow Tango Santiago. Yeah. Yeah, I forget about that when he's with Windy Gill outside the booth. I, I think as uh, the way he delivers this line about, um, you know, or should he just leave Seattle? I, I, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. And I, I just really like that sort of playful ribbing between the two of them. Yeah, I really agree there. I forgot about the Slow Tango, but that's that side of Bulldog where he's not being like a, a massive perv or he's not being like, you know, he's not go flipping and, and kind of freaking out if it's one of his, this is BS moments. When they actually give him something to do like that and he bounces off the other KSCR members, he can be really playful and interesting. It's always why I just, I think his character in general, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a tragedy that they just didn't fully like cash in with him. You know, it kind of drops off after the first four or five seasons and then he becomes a real kind of guest star rather than recurring star. The woman on the phone here on the radio complaining, she, I don't know if you caught this, she pronounced cemetery cementary yes. or something did you notice that it's like she forgot it's, word. it's, she was really weird, it's, it's a very audible mistake that they didn't edit out or go back and change yeah, and it's just it's it is really really strange honestly you you do notice it and it is a bit oh, i remember it could be from it is from fraser actually i think it's next season um when uh is it kate costa says oh i hate it when bad things happen to good sentences and yes. that comes to mind in this, that this does call come to mind. The, the ghost of kate costas is haunting us already but we do have the brilliant delivery of you fat-headed moron <laughs> listen here you fat-headed moron i think if anything fraser's haircut in these early two seasons does nothing to uh he does, does him no favors when it comes to the shape of his head he adds a lot of volume and unnecessary girth to his uh his crane fraser cranium i think he calls himself in uh in the season seven episode when uh he gets his portrait done in the rest 
restaurant. Um, so yeah, I, so you go, you go. Because what I love as well is that everyone know, everyone has met someone like the caller in this in this scene where you know you've got someone who's being an absolute. I mean, I don't say this politely on air. Someone who's being a nightmare and then goes on, "I'm a lovely person. You don't understand that. Like, <laughs> clearly not, a, not. You're not a lovely person. Let's just be yeah, honest. She's, about she's got that. a real attitude. This uh, this caller has. I mean, that's what I wanted to get to, and we mentioned it a minute ago. Have you ever felt compelled to write into a TV show or call a radio show with a complaint? Have you? Can you even remember an instance where you've been watching something? Where you you've ever felt compelled, or do you think you could ever be compelled to do this? Um, don't think so. I, it'd have to be very very bad because I, mm. I I can get annoyed about things, but I don't tend I unless it's very bad, I don't stew on them. I just sort of move on, and within a day or so, I've forgotten it. Um, yeah, it's just a minor little thing that bugs me, but it's not not a shouty person generally. I'm not a white like I'm not the sort of person to make complaints or if I'm the sort of person if you bring me the wrong meal at a restaurant, I go, oh, that's great. <laughs> honestly, Matt, we are we're one and the same. Honestly, we really are. I mean, a lot of people would listen to this and they'd be like, "You fools, get a backbone." But I just think I don't want to fall on the mawkish idea that oh, you know, we're Brits, we're really apologetic, and you know, don't want to step out of line. But obviously, that probably plays a part because you know is part of how we've been brought up but yeah no one in my family is like that my mom is identical my mom would, would be very reticent to send food back if it was wrong and even, even my dad to some extent though they probably both would um especially if they're out at a nice place but i'm like you if someone just gets it slightly wrong or i mean i think i mentioned this in a previous podcast listeners are going to get sick to death of me repeating myself but i worked as key mentioned at a garden center for six years one of the guys who worked on the tills who was like over 60 he just called me tim relentlessly even when he heard others call me Will in front of him he insisted on calling me Tim and I don't know if it was an affectionate nickname or he was genuinely forgetting my name they don't even sound alike Tim Will but whenever he called me Tim I answered to it and I just never yeah. corrected him so he would shout Tim across the shop and I'd, you know, I'd just turn around and I'd, I'd wave and say yeah what do you need and others would look around who knew I wasn't called Tim and they'd be like what the hell are you doing and I'd be like just shh, shh it's fine you know let's just go and see what he wants so it's funny you say that I'd, I'd work with someone and someone very very senior in the business oh, no. um, would see him on the stairs and get his name wrong every he thought he was a completely different person in a different department for about five years <laughs> was calling him the wrong name and he clearly liked the other person because he was very nice to him whenever he saw him on the stairs but completely wow. the wrong name and there was one day there was like this really urgent deadline it's like, you're from that department. I need you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just looks and went, oh, my name. He just shut me down and walked away. Nah, yeah, he nah, let he it go for too long. Uh, I mean, it happens, you know. And as I said, you know, I didn't have the, the I didn't have the gall to, to correct this guy because he was so nice. We always chatted about the football. He was a Blues fan, but, you know, we put our differences aside. He was a lovely guy. So, you know, never felt kind of comfortable correcting him. I just felt like I'd make him feel a bit crappy about himself. Plus, I'm not very precious about my name. If I was called something like, you know, gemstone or moonlight <laughs> maybe then i'd be a more player. can you imagine me called moonlight carol okay, i don't really see that sticking um, I, um i once knew someone called princess oh and man, i always felt just so uncomfortable calling them like i was like hi princess and there's I just, someone oh. from a um from a sitcom with that name or from one i've watched a lot and i can't think what it is oh no it's it's lost it but yeah that i mean no offense if anyone's listening with that name but it's certainly unorthodox um is probably yeah, the just, best thing we can say about it. Calling someone princess, I feel we'd have to be very, very close for me to 
call you princess. Yeah. And just to call a stranger, like, oh, hi, princess. I'm like, <laughs> I just say it sounds so I'm creepy. not sure. I, yeah, it does. It feels like I'm being very creepy. So. It really sounds creepy. Fraser's monologue here, I would say, again, I, I, I feel like I'm dumping a lot on this episode. I'm not. As I said before, we're just thinking critically about these episodes in our reviews because otherwise it just turns into like, oh, I love this moment. Oh, I love that moment. So we try and bring some talking points. I think his monologues here are, to use a word I've already used, quite mawkish, quite overwrought. I like the monologue, you know, this is the only place in this bad old world that I care to call home. I like it, but it's quite a knowing speech, the way Kelsey's voice is delivering it. I don't know, it feels a little bit like he's laying it on really thick. And I think the character is meant to be doing that, but also it's a little bit, not cheesy, but it's getting to that point. Did you feel the same? Yeah, my thought process with this is, I do not really buy into the premise that this many people have gotten upset Likewise. Likewise. So I feel that they've gone a bit over the top in trying to make you buy into it, and therefore everyone is just completely overreacted, and Fraser's having to completely, really, you know, put it on thick in order to apologise. But because I never buy in, I haven't bought into it all the way through. I'm just like, what's what are you doing? It's he said it was rainy. It is rainy. What would you want? Seattle is like, you know, it's common knowledge the Pacific Northwest gets more rainfall as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware. I could be wrong. It might be a bit of a, a common misconception, but I know the Pacific Northwest does get a lot of rainfall. I assumed the most than anywhere else in kind of the 48 states. Um, Alaska might get more, I don't know. So yeah, it's common. Seattle rains a lot, you know, just like it rains a lot here. Manchester, for some reason, get is like our equivalent. A lot of Americans seem to think it rains all the time in Manchester. I think Manchester probably does get more because of the Pennines and stuff. But, you know, that that is a geography lesson for another day. But Ross's eye roll at this point, she kind of rolls her eyes when he's giving this speech. And I think I'm really happy that happens because that's how I felt when he was doing it. And I was like, I needed that relief because sometimes this show you know you need to see that other people realize Frazier's being a bit pompous and being a bit sentimental for the sake of it so Roz really cuts through the uh the tension in this scene I think so she, that was a really good thing to see um well it's a really simple piece of physical acting but there you go I love Roz's delivery of uh, Dr Crane we're still on the air <laughs> we're still on the air like, how do you, how could Frazier get out of this do you think like try and pretend he's doing a bit or do you ever see like a back door out of this i, I don't yeah. I, I don't i'm trying I... to think if it was me what i try and spin to make it you know to try and get out of it or would i launch into an immediate apology how is how do you handle a situation like this where you just put your foot in it because I, I listened to a, a, a like a lecture a minute uh, earlier when i was having dinner on zoom there were 200 of us in there each of us had full control over cameras and microphones so i was so kind of paranoid that i was going to lean on or that my microphone would unmute of itself and people would just hear me cooking or singing or talking to myself, which I often do. And I was just, yeah, like, it's it can happen to anyone. So what do you even do in this situation? I'm in the age of Zoom now. I... I, when I log out of a Zoom call the next half an hour afterwards, I'm paranoid that my camera is actually still on. Oh, People are just watching me so work. Honestly, I'm just man. constantly checking. And for like most of last year, probably the year before that, I had a piece of tape over my, my MacBook's webcam. And people used to joke and take the mick out of me, like, oh, you know, black mirror and stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't believe in black mirror. But, you know, I just think there are there are hackers out there there are viruses you know this isn't this isn't like pie in the sky it happens every day that can hack your webcam and they can see through it and whatever and i'm not a conspiracy theorist and stuff but i just thought it doesn't hurt me i never use that webcam ever 
and now I use it all the bloody time. And, you know, I could easily leave Zoom on or I have to keep the webcam kind of open. So I'm more paranoid than I ever am. If I'm kind of using it and I'm, you know, I'm just browsing the internet, I'll often angle the screen up towards the ceilings in case it is on. They can't see my face. It's just bizarre. I think we're living in a world now where we're kind of hyper aware that we're always being watched in some ways because of this new Zoom technology kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with technology. I mean, there's many great things about technology, but the same time you're always on because of it yeah you're always man, you're available in the wall i mean i went to see i went to the cinema on sunday to go see they were uh, re-showing jurassic park oh wow which was amazing kudos for um, going back to the cinema and two for seeing such a great film in the cinema and the cinemas in in birmingham another great thing about birmingham it's like it's 4.99 a ticket where was um, that the vu at star city wow it's 4.99 if you go to the odeon in town that's five pounds a ticket and the odeon in town has the smallest screens i've ever sat in in my life um it's true <laughs> i saw the one of the worst films i've ever seen in there and there was like five five rows but they but the one at the vu they are playing i don't know if it's just because of lockdown or if it's become a new thing but they're playing old films because mm. um, i think they're doing the empire strikes back as well because it oh wow the, um but either way i went there it was really it was great um but before the film started they the big message came up saying you know film's about to start take two hours to you know connect with the people you love and watch a film and i was with shannon she turned around to me and isn't it crazy that sitting in a dark room for two hours not looking at your phone but just watching a film and not speaking to anyone is considered spending time with family and, and shutting off. Now. It is crazy. Just right. honestly, I, I I see people tweet about this. There's a guy I follow who generally just has good opinions on kind of tech things. He writes really good articles and stuff. And generally, you know, we ha we're on the same page on all the things. So whenever he tweets something, I'm always you know interested to see what his opinion is of this and that. And he uh, he just said, you know, when he watches a film now, he just makes a conscious decision to just leave his phone in another room or on the desk, so he's not touching it because I. Um, and a lot of people listening will be the same. I am a perennial. Like, if I've got an episode of Frasier on or an episode of Gilmore Girls or whatever I'm watching right now, I will sit there and periodically just sit scanning Twitter, scanning Instagram. My phone is always in my hand, or if it's not in my hand, it will be in the next five minutes. And it's just, it's horrendous. It's, I'm obviously addicted, as are most of us. I would I would, I would say, Key, you're probably far better than, than most. You're definitely better oh, than I'm, me. I'm um, dreadful at it. It's like muscle memory. It's like your hand's doing it without you even Yeah, and I'll, I'll close Twitter. And then I'll open the app again. Like, my brain has forgot. Like, I'll, I'll come off Twitter, say, oh, I've seen everything there. Then I will instinctively reopen it. And I've, I see a lot of people talk about this. And I will close Twitter on my phone, open up my laptop, and think, right, let's get to work. And I will open Twitter on my laptop. And I'll just be thinking, what are you doing? You just looked at this. Your brain is just, it's muscle memory. You didn't even mean to click on it. It's just that little dopamine buzz that your phone gives you. It's just constant, so it's so hard to stop using it. But, it's, you know, it's its scary as hell. It's absolutely, I'm exactly the same as you. It's crazy. And um, it, it, we have got on one hell of a tangent. We have on a tangent. So speaking of technology and breaking technology, has this for a segue. We love Martin <laughs> has smashed the TV because his precious Seahawks lost. My brother once, actually, when we were on holiday, got so annoyed with the computer that he kicked it and broke the disc tray um <laughs> literally put his foot clean through the tower of the uh, of the of the e-machines that we were using at the time a computer that had 256 megabytes of ram which is so <laughs> staggeringly small now it's hilarious it ever worked um but there you go okay there's a delivery here from fraser you've got to have noticed this because i i just don't get it he refers to cafe nervosa as the cafe nervosa 
he gives, yeah. it, he gives it the definitive article. He says, even at my sanctuary, the Cafe Nervosa doesn't make sense to me. This is the only time in the whole show I'm fairly confident in saying the cafe ever gets a definitive article. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have phrased it like that. That was much more sophisticated. <laughs> but I was just like, that's weird. That is weird. Like, it's it's very straight. It's a really... There are a few lines in this episode which are they're very weird. And it, what obviously, something I picked up, and I think now is probably the right time to mention it, mm-hmm. is this episode was actually written... It was written by Joe Keenan for the series. This was his audition piece. He wrote it during the first season. Mm. He was then accepted onto the writing staff for the second season and this was obviously then filmed and aired after the matchmaker so not not his first episode in a sense but it was the first one he wrote mm-hmm. um and perhaps there is just that little bit of a feeling that he maybe doesn't quite at the time he wrote this maybe didn't quite the same grasp on the characters that he did by the time he actually wrote say the matchmaker even though it aired before this maybe he didn't quite have that I don't know, maybe grasp on the characters just from the way a couple of the lines are delivered. Honestly, Key, you telling me that I think has solved one of my greatest gripes if this was written before The Matchmaker because they refer to Tom Durant, who as the station manager we have been introduced to not four episodes ago, three episodes ago, they they introduce him as the station manager and they repeatedly, they one, they refer to him as the station manager, then it's at the next few times it's just he, they never mention who it is. And it's just like, have they forgotten his name or have they forgotten that we have met Tom Durant literally in Fraser's apartment for a whole episode like four weeks ago? So that makes perfect sense. I think this script, obviously being written before the matchmaker, was not updated with the matchmaker details because it just, you know, the Cafe Nervosa thing is very odd. But that station manager really points out that to me. Another really annoying Daphne line with the phone. I hate this thing with the phone. She just sits there going, ring, 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 ring. This, it's not funny. It's so <laughs> grating and so annoying. And I don't know what they were going for here. Is this the, the kind of, of... Sorry, what are you going to say? Or in the case of a British telephone. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Honestly, this is the kind of thing where if I put this episode on to show some one like Frasier or say it was just on and I was like oh let's watch this you know you might like it I do this often with my mom and dad trying to get them to watch episodes if this scene came on I'd be sitting there cringing so hard because I'd be like they're gonna think this is the most annoying obnoxious show in the world love to hear people's opinions on this because it's rubbish and I think Daphne is so it's dealt a really bad hand in a in, in this episode to say the least um for me this episode it's a it's a big like sort of tale of two halves of an episode big time. i think when they actually get to the and i actually was feeling quite good about this episode coming in i was like oh yeah i really like this one it's a good episode and because all i ever remember of it is it's the, the paradise the, and, and the speech the yeah, the, the function speech. room. Um, and that's really funny. The problem is, the rest of the episode just doesn't have an... I don't buy it at all. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm with you. Um, I mean, really, the the kind of the next segue is is to the function. Um, after we learn that Fraser's going to go, he's, Roz has already booked it on his behalf. Roz is called very savvy from Niles. The way he delivers that line is also a little bit odd. Yeah. Another few things, actually, that make me think, sorry to keep on this, the fact that this script was written before The Matchmaker, depending on how long this was written, because Roz and Martin's relationship is really good. Like, she comes straight into the apartment, 
doesn't even explain to Fraser why she's there. She pauses instead of doing that. Says, oh, hi, Martin, how you doing? And then they both have a really good joke at Nars' expense, um, which is kind of weird. But I like Martin and Roz when they get along. But this seems obviously a little bit like have they known each other longer than we thought. And then the way Nars kind of compliments her, and obviously she does call attention to that. But I just feel like Nars is way too... So it feels like he's gonna there's a punchline that never comes he's really positive with her all of these make me think you know yeah this this obviously was written a while before yeah, um, i think what's interesting actually is given that let's say we've got the view he's probably written this a, a fair bit of time beforehand and i i, I certainly don't think he's really maybe grasped fraser and Niles in particular at this stage definitely and daphne is not given justice in this episode. Yeah, it's weird to see how we're saying this is one of Roz's strongest episodes so far. Mm -hmm. it, it's just strange that he's got Roz maybe straight away as a great yeah. voice for Roz in his head, but maybe he doesn't quite have that for the others just yet. That's I mean, a really good point, actually. Um, and I'm thinking of other Joe Keenan episodes, and in the ones I'm thinking of, the matchmaker, less so the matchmaker, out with dad, um, the doctor is out. Those are episodes, uh, the ski lodge, those are episodes where Roz is barely in them. So Joe Keenan, for someone who clearly got Roz in this episode, you know, they, they don't factor in really to Joe's other episodes. So a really interesting talking point for sure. Uh, kind of after this apartment scene, we then have the function. This is really the kind of the last section of the episode. Um, I haven't got too many more bullet points, but this is definitely the best part of the episode, I think. I probably haven't made bullet points because I was just so just enjoying the episode. I didn't keep jotting things down that were like annoying me, like Daphne going, ring, ring. The Joe Keenan newlyweds in a ski lift that the nun's uh, sister Joselia refers to. Um, Interestingly, sister Joselia's name, do you know where it comes from? I don't, but before you tell me, can I quickly just say one thing? I've got a massive yeah. apology to make. I, Hamish, had already noticed that uh, Corey and Anna's questions were that they clashed the umbrella ones and he had provided me another question from anna about sister Joselia. so i massive apologies to corey for their not having his question read out because anna did submit another one and i completely missed that and it was basically what was sister Joselia otherwise known as but we can come to that what were you what were you going to say my point was slightly different um i don't know if you want to she was better known as i think the, was it the terror of ward three she was indeed yeah there you go. Um, so yeah, Sister Joselia is um, the name comes from um, it's the name of a character in one of Joe Keenan's early novels, uh, Blue Heaven, putting on the Ritz. Wow, I think Hamish may have mentioned this to me briefly in his trivia things actually. Um, so that that's really cool. I love that. I think this may be meant to be a bit of a one flew over the cuckoo's nest reference to her general kind of reign of terror. Any kind of matron or nurse who's described as cruel in some way um, in a hospital environment. I think you've got to be referencing Nurse Ratchet from from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's quite quite funny. She's you know she's she's a funny little character. The way she's you know the bishop when she's whispering to Frazier. <laughs> well, I've always heard it with a priest, but what the hell? A bishop's even funnier. Um, Rabbi, a minister, and a pri oh no. A bishop. <laughs> a bishop. Father Mike appears. Father Mike has, like, he, other than his speech, to, to the other characters, he only has, like, two lines, really. And they're like, hello, Frasier, right at the beginning of KCL. And then, hello, all. He's, he draws everything out so much. I will say. This is his moment. He has to shine. He does have to shine, and he does a good job when he's giving his speech. What's his name? Father Mike prompt my favourite line of this episode. You can probably already tell what it is coming. It's from Roz, and it's simply why she didn't want to work in the monastery as a nun. And he says, you know, what kept, what stopped you from doing that? And she just says, I didn't want to work weekends. <laughs> 
the way she says that line and that kind of that childlike innocent smile she gives it is just it's hilarious and i, I just think it's the it's the best line of the episode for me i absolutely adore it because like, do we get do not does niles's commentary count as one line because if so that's my favorite line no, I, the... I, by all means it can because this is interesting actually because i wanted to see what you made of this because i always enjoy this part of the episode because it's funny it's a bit it's a bit different they don't do many gags like this because it's the way it's incorporating maris i really enjoy but like i don't know like the applause that they all give seems a bit forced and weird and it's just a bit like in that moment would niles do this it seems a bit out of character and then would they all like clap at the end i don't know it's a bit of a strange setup for a joke it is for me it's a bit like the opposite of this whole episode whereas i said i didn't buy the premise of the episode i buy into this joke mm. so i can go into it with them with them applauding i'm yeah i can sort of uh, you are right it, i'm not sure if it's actually in character for niles and it does seem a bit strange they would all applaud it's for if you I, buy into it, it, it yeah. It's, it's yeah it's done its thing i think it's i think it is really funny i really enjoy it and lydia beaumont just incidentally is just a great name for one of maris's like you know upper society friends high society snob friends so pancakes and parables is referenced here by <laughs> father mike um this always reminds me of like church coffee mornings which obviously is still a thing but when we were a kid uh, obviously we went to a catholic school we used to go to church a lot there was always coffee mornings on and I, I have a feeling you you probably attended a few of them i always for some reason associate you with them yeah, i did I, yeah. I always <laughs> wanted to go to them like i don't know what it was but they just the fact that i never went and they sounded quite nice you know cake and people there they always had this weird like you know mythic quality to them to me when i was a kid so can you maybe just in like a minute 30 seconds just tell us you know what happens at a coffee morning they are amazing okay so you walk in right <laughs> and everything in. is just a donation you pay whatever you want and if you're you know like under the age of 10 as i was um no one expects you to pay so you just wow. walk in you stock up on biscuits you stock up on like your orange juice or your apple juice oh, and man. you just go off in the corner it's amazing you love it it's so um, good where were they normally so, held when you went to them um do you know the um like the parish center was right next to the church so we were, oh, i know nobody else is going to understand it other than me and you but the church oh, is there and that little building on the right hand side oh yeah 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 i remember um, that it was held in there it's amazing and we have a lot of great stories in my family about that about the time that my brother was quite young and they were serving wine and apple juice next to each other in the oh, same no. like little plastic cups and um my brother at the age of about eight got pretty hammered <laughs> <laughs> Man, pancakes and parables indeed. <laughs> that is uh, that is absolutely excellent. I love that. So maybe I did miss a trick not going to these coffee mornings. But thank you for sharing that with us, Kay. I uh, really love that. Uh, and and our prayers for Stephen as he uh, recovers <laughs> from his uh, his early drinking problem. So we have the whole idea here. The bishop's been washed away at sea, known for his biblical hand shadows and other general conviviality with the, uh, with the parishioners. I do think the idea of a bishop washing away at sea, whilst undoubtedly tragic, and has probably happened at some point in the course of human history. It's very far-fetched in this episode, purely to set up some kind of foot-in-mouth gags for Frasier. They go to extreme pains to uh, to set Frasier up here. It's a little bit crazy. I always compared it. There's an episode of The Simpsons. Um, I think it might be the episode where they do a play on Rose. Um, I think it might be Rosebud. Um, oh, yes. Where Homer, Homer, yeah, and I think Homer ends up doing stand-up comedy at Mr. Burns's at the start of the episode. And just before he goes on, um, Smithers comes out and goes, uh, just before we uh, have our next act, I just want to know that uh, a dog, not unlike Lassie, has just been run over and killed in the parking lot. <laughs> 
now the comedy starlings of Homer Simpson and <laughs> completely dies because of it. Um, for me, I, I think the Simpsons one worked a little better for me. Just the way that they call it out with a dog. <laughs> but unlike last <laughs> Yeah. That is brilliant. There's always a Simpsons quote, man. That is just a mantra to have in life. If there's something you like, if there's something you enjoy, there's always a Simpsons line to accompany it. And that, you know, you are a font of Simpsons knowledge, case. Okay? <laughs> so if we could do a Simpsons podcast in some capacity that wasn't just ripping off four finger discount, I'd love that so much. But there we go. An idea for, I don't know, maybe Patreon or something is we could do the Frasier episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, I like that. So you've got obviously. Bob, Cecil, or their dad. Yeah, yeah, you've got Brother from another series where it's the two of them together. Mm. Um, and I think in one of the later seasons, I think possibly John Mahoney and Jane Leaves are both in it playing Sideshow Bob's mom and dad, I think. Yeah, I know John Mahoney came into it. I wouldn't be able to tell you what episode, though. That'd be so good because think of some of the episodes we get to, like Cape Fear and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. That have, you ever seen, so have you ever seen the actual film, Cape? Again, tangents here. But... Really weird you said that, actually, because it was I was trying to look for a film to watch the other night and I saw it and it was a little bit long but um i've been meaning to watch it for ages i tried to watch it a couple of months ago it's too dark for me i just it's really it's really dark and wow i didn't think it was that dark i was i mean i was just about halfway through i was like, i don't want to watch this <laughs> wow i didn't know your tolerance for dark films was not like i thought you'd be like be able to stomach anything is that not the case i mean it's not like gory or anything like that mm -hmm. it's just a very dark theme and it was a saturday night and i just i wasn't in the mood for it i was just like no no wow. i don't want to well you've really intrigued me now because i can really go for some dark dark films i've seen some terrible things in my time <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of Fraser's lines here, then some of his jokes in inverted commas are terrible. Um, very religious crowd, I see. What a terrible line to give a place full of nuns and priests. Very religious crowd, I see. I just, you know, I can tell from the vow of silence you have taken. His delivery of them is, is funnier than the jokes. And of course, his Johnny Carson. Ooh, mama. It's just hilarious. Um, but yeah. Love in America, isn't he? Johnny Carson's what? Sorry. Johnny Carson is like idolizing him. They he, love yeah, Johnny he, Carson. He, he hosted his chat show for like the best part of, I think, like 30, 40 years. Um, it might even have been longer than that. He was around for so long. But I know him best for a clip I watched of when he got the quote-unquote illusionist Yuri Geller on there. You know, the guy oh, who bends ben spoons with his mind. Yeah, yeah, and he brings him on there. We're like at the height of his fame, I'm fairly certain, with all these kind of implements and says, you know, can you just do something for us? And Johnny just plays it cool as a cucumber. Like, you know, I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna force you here, Yuri. You know, you can do whatever you want. And obviously, he's got that raspy voice. He smokes on 50 a day. And Yuri Geller just starts freaking out like oh you're putting me on the spot i can't do it you know it's a load of shit the guy can't do anything you know johnny carson and and, and coach just set him up a treat but it's a great it's a great clip if people haven't seen it and they want to know i mean every american listening will know who johnny carson is but if there's people out there that don't there you go the, the fact one of the one of the deliveries of fraser's lines here when he just goes <laughs> and speaking of water <laughs> and then he cuts to niles's face <laughs> and he just kind of like niles just niles like flinches as if he's been physically hit which is amazing but it's just the, the timing of and speaking of water that is hilarious that's one of the funniest lines of the of the episode so full credit there because kelsey's not given much to work with at this point um obviously kind of deliberately i guess but um yeah the my, my last bullet point is simply the idea of the bishop being lost at sea is preposterous it's something i've already said <laughs> i mean have, have you got a bullet point to end on key that we uh that we haven't what, already discussed or related what do you think of this story about the titanic and the, the punchline at the end 
I don't even get it. Can you explain to me when he says, I thought you said a, a Weisberg or a that's what I think the line. That's what really confuses me because I never really got it. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone, was... everyone's jaws dropped, don't they? Yeah, I, I, I was never, I never really got it. And then I saw on a forum somewhere, someone asked, basically the same thing as me, I don't get this joke, can someone explain? And someone said, oh, he's saying, you know, an iceberg. I thought we hit a Weisberg. And we've, Weisberg apparently being you know a Jewish name and that's why the rabbi is concerned and the, the, you know, oh. the I think it's funny. That said, on KACL, which is part of the reason it's confused me more, on KACL it actually write it has the line written as an iceberg. I thought he said we had no ice aboard. No, I don't I, hear that delivery. I heard Weisberg. I, I'm going to be honest. I think this is a prime example of what John Beale and Steve Mutum have already warned us about: is that KACL is riddled with transcription errors because there's no way on earth he says that. Um, oh. I think the Weisberg Jewish thing works. This is definitely not what he's referring to, but interesting tangent. Weisberg, Eric Weisberg, was an American banjo player and singer who is famous for the banjo solo in the film Deliverance. Are you familiar with what that scene is? And not off the top of my head. So Deliverance is a really kind of controversial um, thriller from the 70s with like John Voight, Burt Reynolds in about a, fo- a group of like four like middle-aged lifelong friends who decide to go on like a trip down um down, like in the south like up a river or, like a camping trip they basically meet like backwards inbred people and you know terrible things happen to them like there's a there's a very famous scene which is known colloquially as squeal like a pig and you know you can you can google it people listening if you really want to know what happens but the, the drawling banjo scene is when they first arrive at this town and there's this kid on the porch who I I'm, I don't think it's unfair of me to say because they have cast him because of his very strange physical appearance and he looks inbred um, and that is why they've chosen him because he looks very weird and he's playing this banjo really well and one of the main characters starts playing the banjo with him and they're like jawling and it's kind of like funny but it's also a bit unsettling and it's just a really famous scene but there you go massive tangent but that's where Weisberg has led me there's no way it's, there's no ice aboard <laughs> there's, there's no way that is the, uh, that is the thing Key is this in your top 10? I think it's safe to say it's not in my top 10 <laughs> it's not in mine either um, which I think is I think it's fair enough the title I've got nothing and I googled it and all all that comes up if you put the botched language is is this episode have you got anything for the title I, I don't know I feel like it's something but I wouldn't be able to tell you what so yeah, I'm it, it does feel like it's something maybe the something language maybe botched is the is the word they've changed as well as cranes but I couldn't find anything here I've probably not done my Google foo enough but um maybe people listening will know but as far as I'm aware it's just a one of their unique ones one thing um, um, I'll just raise because I forgot this at the start and I meant to say is obviously the, the guest caller. Oh, yeah, we, the guest caller. So is this Edna? Yeah, Edna, you know, um, what kind of bugs are they? Have you seen any graphics? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Edna. Um, I I got this. I thought this was one of the moments I was like, oh, actually, I think I might know this one. It was Wanda Sykes. Yeah, ah. it is not Wanda Sykes. Um, okay, I thought it might have been Whoopi Goldberg or something, but it doesn't sound anything like Whoopi Goldberg. It's um, an Alfrey Woodard. Alfrey Woodard. Do not know that name. I, um, 
do not know the name myself. I'm, I'm looking her up as I speak. Is she famous for anything we might know? Did you watch Desperate Housewives? Did you? What like the? That? What the hell? We talked about Desperate Housewives like well, last week on the podcast or the week before. 2005 to 2006, she starred as Betty Applewhite. Wow, I have. I don't, but I'm going to start watching it soon. We were talking because my brother watches it. He's currently in the middle of a rewatch. So there you go. That's a pretty weird coincidence. Pretty spooky. But thank so, you for looking at that key. Key, I've got to ask you. I'm itching to give you mine. Who is your actor pick this week? Okay, I thought long and hard about this because I wasn't really sure. I don't think there's a... For me, there wasn't like a one. I thought, oh, it's definitely them. Yeah, not um, like a flower child where it's definitely Noel's kind of thing. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe Frasier because he does he does very, very well. Kelsey, I think, does a great job with that speech at the end. Mm-hmm. He does have to uh, carry this episode, doesn't he? Yeah, but rather a couple, I really don't like the whole the Cafe Nervosa. And there's a couple of moments that it feels a bit out of place for most of the main cast whereas there's one person i think really shines in this episode and we've not given her much due so far so i'm going to give it to roz okay i have also picked roz i love that you've just everything you've just said completely agree with and i think from early on in this review people could probably tell that's the road we were heading toward but yeah she really does shine in this and i love her lines i love the 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 german shepherd line i didn't want to work weekends is amazing just yeah i think roz roz really works with what she's given in this episode so i'm i'm really excited to give her our first point i can't remember how how when did we start doing this can you remember what episode it was uh, i can tell you that it was five six or seven uh, episodes ago 11 episodes ago oh 11 okay there you go we probably should just go back just like in our own spare time and quickly from our own memory give it to for the, the episodes we haven't done so that way we have a comprehensive tally at the end of the uh the episode yeah, yeah definitely do that i mean speaking of no coffee count this week because of um obviously there was a there was no cafe de vosa um oh of course it's time before we go to listener mail key in fact before we go to who's credited anyway i've got to ask you our man on the ground kennedy burling what would he make of this episode please um a direct quote from kennedy Mm (laughs) (laughs) kennedy's not a fan of this one It has its, Kennedy thinks that it has its moments, but mm-hmm. you, you do have to suspend belief, I think, a little bit for it. Kennedy's not a fan of doing that, is he? He's told me before. Kennedy's very much like, he likes his well, he, he likes his beer cold and his story's believable. <laughs> and his beliefs, uh, his <laughs> belief suspended. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Keith. No further explanations needed. Thank you for sharing Kennedy's thoughts with us. It's time, as always, for we get a listener mail for Whose Crane Is It Anyway? And I've actually got one prepared this week, so a bit of a fanfare in order there. The line is I need some advice. Who says I need some advice? I'm going to be honest with you. I was really, really hoping the line was going to be um, I've got no ice aboard. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, we've got Oh, I need some advice. Okay. What kind of line is it? Have you seen (laughs) who's dead it? (laughs) I mean, the obvious one is that it's Frasier. I feel that's too obvious. I think if I say Frasier, you're going to be like, oh, wow, you fell for my little trap. Um, (laughs) I don't want to do that. So I think, who else would say I need some advice? Um, I can hear those cogs whirring. Can, because the only one I'm thinking of is Frasier. And I'm thinking, (laughs) if I go for Frasier and go really obvious... I'm sure the answer will drift in eventually. <laughs> You're saying it's the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> the bishop doesn't have a line. <laughs> okay. Final um, words before going overboard where I need some advice. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to be really obvious. I'm going to say Fraser. It's Bulldog when he oh, says I need some advice, Doc. God, I've got a god. Should I keep taking vitamin C or should I leave uh, Seattle? Oh, Sorry, Key. Hey, Doc. I need some advice. 
I feel a cold coming on, and I'm wondering, should I take vitamin C, or should I just leave Seattle? <laughs> should have got that one. That's I think a... last wasn't, wasn't it a word apparently last week, so I tried to give you, um, I tried to give you something a little bit more. And I still screwed it up. No, no, don't worry, <laughs> don't blame yourself, Kimi, we dude, from the start, to quote Zap Radigan. Um, but there you go, that was Who's Crying Anyway, so we jump over to listen to this week, okay? We will indeed. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so for Listener Mail this week, um, not actually as many as we normally get, which, you know, is absolutely fine. Some, you know, we're, we're still doing fine on the listenership, but sometimes, you know, people don't have questions. They just want to sit back and listen, and I don't blame them. Sydney Ass Basket, of course, uh, he loves to comment each week. This was a fantastic episode, Will and Key. I'm not sure how you improve on last week's episode week after week, but keep it up. God bless you, Mr. Ass Basket. Okay, we have a... Um comment from uh, evening jellyfish mm-hmm. it says uh, bonus episodes where you answer questions from donors could be fun eg this isn't very related but i want to know where uh, what initiated will's interest in all things american mm-hmm. uh, mainly came to say that i would contribute and i hope that both of you would consider investing some of the proceeds in index funds or something <laughs> easy buy some and forget about it to, until you retire I'm sure the cranes would do it. Okay, I love that. One, because they're, they're responding to what they'd like to see from a Patreon or kind of um, bonus episode content. We have talked about the idea of people sending in questions it would be really fun, actually, and that's something we've, we've considered. But I also want to say, I am very... We're, we're going to put... I should, I should say at this point, by the time this episode has gone live, you will see on Facebook, on Twitter, on the Reddit, um, a link to the GoFundMe page that we will have set up by the time this episode comes out. Um, for those new microphones um as we mentioned last week zero obligation to contribute anything but if you want the option is there the money's all going straight back into the podcast i did think if we had any money left over that we could try and find a company called meadowwood properties and we could just buy like a share or two in the uh, in the company because if you can find it for like you know a couple of quid i just thought what a laugh that would be so i will keep my ears to the ground i did i did go on the website for uh i can't remember what's the name of that the big like broker firm in england it's got like a it's like h and l chanel let me haven't and something let me bear with me hargraves land hargreaves lands down hargreaves oh yeah they're like a big stocks and shares dealer so i did have a quick look on their website and you can open an account from as little as a pound um so i might have to go looking for meadowwood properties i've just got a vision of you walking into a very classy establishment going one one share please (laughs) one share please of your (laughs) finest meadowwoods um mischief night cracking comment coming up here people so uh he did some great detective work to figure out when martin got shot which we brought up last week so first he put a grand slam for key he's lucky my hulu was acting up next time well he didn't get the get one this week so he got his uh, he got his just rewards he put mailman slash mail person is the most common term but sometimes you'll hear postman frazier even uses the term in moon dance which he then puts the quote from and so here he did some detective work to figure out when martin got shot in the hip which we were kind of speculating on last week so in season three episode 24 you can go home again the title card says may 21st 21st 1993 and niles claims that martin's a changed man after he's been shot when frazier goes to visit martin in his own apartment martin is already recovered and is pretty close to how we see him at the pilot this was also the first day of frazier's show and he's only been in seattle a week that was good continuity because the air date for the pilot was september 16 1993 and during the pilot, Martin says, two years ago, I'm sailing toward retirement and some punk robbing a convenience store puts a bullet in my hip. In season nine, episode four, The Return of Martin Crane, in the flashbacks on the day he was shot, he keeps telling Frank that Frasier isn't coming 
uh, isn't coming this Thanksgiving. So best guess is that sometime in the fall of 1991, it's with Martin Michel. I just think that deserves a little round of applause. That's Ooh. some really good detective work there. And uh, I think we have our answer. So thank you there, Corey, for that. Okay, I'm moving on to the uh, next comment. Obviously from Reclia, uh, says, well, you certainly kept the laughs flowing aplenty in this episode. I was cracking up at the Netflix and chill part. I am going to jump to one bit of Reclia's comment because it's something we've been waiting for a long time and been very excited about. Yes. Uh, Reclia says, now, of course, I have to mention, my scary moment happened in this episode. Um, tough look, lads. Fancy a last guess, or should I just tell you now? So, any ideas? So, for full context, people who might have forgot, um, I talked about in Midwinter Night's Dream, and Frasier appears at the window in the lightning storm. It's a it's a pretty scary moment for Frasier as a show, which is obviously not a scary show. And uh, Reclia said that in the early season episodes of season two, his equivalent scary moment, or, or hers, I am forgetting whether Reclia is. Um, is a, is a he or a she, or indeed, you know, perhaps neither. Um, so if Reckley could let us know. They mentioned that this was uh, their scary moment happened in these episodes. Um, I... It, so it happens in this episode. I really, I really don't have any ideas. I'm trying to cast my cast my mind back. Um, maybe the way <laughs> Frazier shouts as they lost their tiny rain-addled mind is quite creepy. Have you got any ideas? Okay, can we just one thing? I'm not 100 sure of. Obviously, um, Reclia says uh, my scary moment happened in this episode on the thread for last week's episode, Dukes. We hardly knew ye. And then after this, uh, after that particular paragraph says, as for next week. Oh, so I read. Dukes, we hardly knew you. It was from last week's episode. Oh man! All I can think of then is the is the the wrecking ball coming through the window because it is the closest we get to a jump scare in Frasier. However, I'm fairly certain Reckley mentioned in a previous comment that it's a line. It's not an action. It's actually the delivery of a line. So, have you got anything casting your mind back? So, I think we're gonna have to concede defeat here. I'm um. Take a moment to uh oh. to rack those brains. I'm trying to think of, of I'm trying to think of what happens in that episode. Obviously, when they go to there's nothing in the in the bar scene when they're all there. The Martin and Niles and Fraser scene in the bar at the end's pretty wholesome. Maybe something I don't know. The way really tough. Oh, I've got no idea. Absolutely I think directly no you're gonna you're gonna have to tell us. I'm afraid. I'm really excited to find out what that is. Um, you normally comment on the the day we release the podcast. I think maybe the day after. So we'll we'll, we'll know by Sunday or Monday. But yeah, please please let us know. Um, sorry, Key. Do you want to read out what Reckley said about this episode? Actually, yes. But again, we're com- I'm completely stumped. So I'm really really interested to know sure. uh, to know what that was. Um, yes, getting back to Reckley's comment, which I've got got. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for next week, here's what I have to say. The botched language of the cranes, a fine episode, although the first part is not as great as the wonderful latter half when Frasier gives his speech. Poor, poor Frasier digs himself even deeper without realising. Love Niles twirling Daphne's hair. It was rather cute and amusing. They then finish with, um, I may have a question for next episode. Hopefully get it posted tomorrow. So I assume that that hasn't come through in time. Um, yeah, I think like the bishop, that ship unfortunately sailed before they uh, had chance to get on board. But um, yeah, really interested to hear what Reckley's scary moment is. And thank you for sharing the uh, for the little capsule review as well. Just a couple of extra bits actually from from Mischief Knight because he he put some stuff in his uh, in his trivia. He put Fraser's second read of the advert was about a rat who's turned his little toes up for the last time. It's possibly an interesting callback to Cheers in season nine. Episode Episode 25 of Cheers, Rat Girl, has Lilith carrying around her dead lab rat, Whitey, in her purse because she wasn't quite uh, ready to say goodbye. Perhaps she just needed pet paradise. Excellent, 
excellent point from Corey there. And even if it's not a throwback, it deserves to be with how good your connection is there. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal recall. Well Some done. great memories there. Um, and then I think our last comment um, on my thing, Gaspard Egitian. Mm, um, nice French pronunciation there, Kay. I could have just butchered that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, hello, another great podcast this week. Here are my two cents about French words or expressions used in this episode. A boite is used in French for a club or a trendy bar where you socialize, drink, dance, and possibly pick up somebody. It's used in a wider sense also for a trendy bistro or pub type restaurant, which seems to be the meaning in which Fraser and Niles are discussing. And yes, Papillon is a butterfly, as in butterflies in general. Uh, I've very recently caught up to your podcast, so now I have to wait every week for a new fix which is too bad in a way, but know that I'm listening. Very nice. I think it might be a boite rather than a boit. Which you I, are. Say, I think now everyone knows why everyone mocks Brummy accents. I've got no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank you for that, Key. And thank you, Gaspar. Really love your comment there. Um, and great to have a resident French person to kind of, one, tell us when we're butchering their beautiful language <laughs> that I've, I've always wanted to learn. But two, just to generally um, kind of pick up on, on stuff we might miss in the uh, in the episodes. Um, particularly, I think, in, in like, the unkindest cut of all when they're both speaking French to try and trick Eddie. Uh, uh, a snip snip. Yeah, snip snip. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that would have been a, a good, little, uh, good little translation moment. But great, everyone. Thank you so much for, for phoning in, for listening in, um, for sending in your... Uh, mail as i mentioned the gofundme will be available this week you'll find it on reddit uh twitter and facebook where you normally find us just a reminder we have a facebook page now we're listening a fraser podcast where we post kind of like little memes and questions and things periodically for people to get involved with and comment on as well so if you want to come and chat to us you can do so there we're always on fraser fan club as well at twitter it's at fraser pod and also if you have the opportunity to leave us a little review whether on itunes or podbean or wherever you listen to your podcasts normally you can do a little review um even if it's just a star rating you don't have to write a comment but you can if you feel compelled to um if you could leave us a review that would be great doesn't have to be positive if you don't like us you can tell us um and we'll try and improve but you know the more reviews we get the kind of more um, exposure we get as well so that's always really great uh, but next week it will be season two episode seven i believe which is candidates it is the candidate um phenomenal episode super excited for that one and as we are getting uh, like two months away from the american election it's coming at a very good time don't worry that we're not going to wade into american politics and turn this into like you know a pro or anti-trump podcast um so if you're worried that we're going to get all political on you don't worry we won't but we will be discussing holden thorpe and phil patterson um the same choice <laughs> as he is known um but until then i've been will binky and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs oh my and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegs <laughs> but i don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled